Welcome to Homeschool Your Way, the upbeat, open-minded podcast that informs and affirms your choices about your kids' education. We'll provide a buffet of ideas to inspire you to homeschool your way, because your way is the best way. All of the content on the Homeschool Your Way podcast is provided for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical or legal advice. The views expressed by the hosts or guests of the show are not necessarily endorsed by Bookshop. Welcome to Homeschool Your Way. I'm Jana Cook, Bookshark's community manager and your guest host. Are you looking for a low-pressure way to ease into your homeschool day? Or maybe a new way to create connection with your teens? Candace Kelly from Homeschool on the Hill has a solution. In this episode, you will hear the hidden treasure of reading aloud to teens and why it's okay to read stories like Charlotte's Web to an older audience. But first... This week's hack is a shameless plug for your local library. Look ahead in your curriculum, then use your library's hold policies to request books pertaining to your lessons. This will save you time and possible frustration when you want or need a book at a certain time. I love my library and use it for books, audiobooks, and movies. They have passes to museums, adventure backpacks, sewing machines, microscopes, and much, much more. Check out your local library today. Now let's hear from Candice. Candice, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Hi, Jana. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to have you on with me. We always tend to really um, delve into the subject and bring hidden treasures to light for those who uh, dare to listen. And today I expect will be none different. So, Something that has been on your heart that we have kind of chatted about is this idea of reading aloud to teens. Um, when you go through a traditional curriculum, I know particularly in Bookshark, some of that starts to drop off as you get into the higher levels, which are recommended for teenagers. And so you are here today just to kind of maybe pull out the reasons why that isn't necessary, why we should still be reading aloud to our teens. Right. You know, you brought up Bookshark and our family has used Bookshark for the last five years. And so, yes, we did notice in those upper levels that the read alouds go away and it's just more independent reading um, for your older child. And I actually tweaked the last two levels that we used to make some of the books included with the program read alouds for my boys, just because we'd gotten so used to reading aloud over the years. It was something that I enjoyed and they enjoyed so much that I wasn't ready to let it go. And I was like, okay, well, Bookshark has great books here assigned in this level. Let's just go ahead and pull them and use them like we've used the other read-alouds over the years. Um, And it was wonderful because, again, I don't only have just one student who's doing that level and joining the books, but I still have his younger brother getting to listen and enjoy as well. I would love for you to touch on the part about your enjoyment because- I have said this before, I love to read and I love to listen to stories out loud, but I actually don't really enjoy reading those stories out loud. I never really have. I'm a talker, but there's something about reading that exhausts me, which would you would think would just wouldn't be the case because it's just talking out loud. Um, but it's probably because I'm being forced to say the words in front of me as opposed to them just coming from my own thoughts, which um, that could be a whole nother segment we could do together. 
But um, so what part of reading aloud um, do you enjoy the most so much so that you tweak that curriculum in order to continue doing it in those upper levels? So I think for me, I love the togetherness. Uh, you know, when you're homeschooling, especially children of different ages, sometimes you can combine them for different subjects. Sometimes you can't. In fact, this is our eighth year of homeschooling, and this is the first year in like five years that we don't have an overlap, really. Mm -hmm. Like everything is super separate. And to me, it is so important to continue reading aloud. It's the one thing that we can connect over. It's the one thing that I can get that I can still hit multiple ages because, and I've said this before, you know, here you are, you're all in the same house. You're all under the same roof, but you're all on different pages with all of the subjects. And look, if I could do it all of the time and always combine my boys for, I don't know, history and science, like all the way through, I would totally do it. But sometimes you run into a situation where that's not happening. I've got my um, high schooler right now starting to do dual enrollment, but my eighth grader, you know what I mean? Like he can't, he can't do that stuff yet, but he still needs subjects that his older brother is starting to do in college. And so just being able to continue to connect over reading aloud and have something, something that we do together so that it's not all separate all the time, that we are still making memories together. I think that's what I love so much. I mean, and not, not just that. I mean, I love reading really great books, you know, mm -hmm. so um, that's just fun to me. I've been reading aloud to our boys since they were little, but I didn't make it. Um, we went for a stretch where I didn't make it like a daily thing. They kind of outgrew it for a while. So I wasn't reading to them at bedtime anymore. And then in our homeschool, I didn't make time for it at first. I was too busy checking all of the other boxes. And um, when we brought it back in with Bookshark, I was like, this, this is exactly what we've been missing in our homeschool. Um, and I don't, I don't think I'm letting go of it anytime soon. I love that. I, I too, like I, again, I love to read. Um, I, I love the stories that my kids are reading. I, I, a lot of the times, even when they're independently reading, I'm reading the same book because I find that's just the best way to engage with them as opposed to just asking random questions or, you know, I try to ask them to tell me about it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, nothing really to tell, you know, like they're lacking the details because at that point in the day, they're, they're done listening to or talking to me, but the audiobooks. I love audiobooks. I'd listen to audiobooks even on my own for fun um, when I'm driving, when I'm doing errands, when I'm cleaning my house, because there is something magical about hearing a book being read. And so maybe other people like me, it's not so much that, yes, I do feel so it's taxing at times, but I still do it. I always enjoy the story and I tend to get really into it. And then I look over and my kids are like, eh, I'm like, are you kidding me? What do you think is going to happen next? And they're like, yeah, I don't, you're going to tell me in a few minutes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have any forward thinking on this. Um, so that I think for parents whose maybe kids aren't super excited, or it's not something that they have laid the foundation for over all these years, when you get some pushback from your kids on reading aloud, it can be very discouraging as a parent. I know the other day I was trying to be really cool and do an English accent for this book we were reading. And halfway through, my daughter looks at me and says, why do you sound like you're from Ireland now? I seriously almost cried. <laughs> I was so hurt that I finished the chapter in a regular voice, shut the book and just walked out of the room of <laughs> crowd. Oh. <laughs> so while there are families who have this like 
beautiful time of, you know, cuddling and being together. I know um, Jimena of Chips and Salsa, the same thing. She's like, that's our cuddle time. Like we get to be there. And, and just realistically, that's not the experience of everybody, but that is not to discount that it is still very important. And I think what you mentioned about, you know, starting this later on, like maybe you don't have the foundation of doing this for years and you kind of want to try something new and maybe your teens are like weirded out by it. Um, I think audiobooks are a great option, especially like if you think about the teenage years, like uh, currently my 16 year old, he has two part time jobs. So, I mean, you might have really busy schedules. Maybe um, there's some kind of um, sport, you know, that your, your kid plays and maybe you travel a whole lot. And like your time with your teen could be listening to an audiobook together. So it could be something you do in the car. It doesn't have to be, you know, a regular part of your homeschool day. Maybe you have a long way to drive to your co-op. Um, so, you know, audiobooks are great for that. So it doesn't have to look like everybody's sitting on the couch and cuddled up. Now, I will say um, my boys really like we, we do um, we're walking our dogs now and then we have breakfast. So we've gone outside. We've moved around a little bit. You know, we have our breakfast. So they have full stomachs and then they just kind of collapse on the couch and I read aloud. So they really like kind of starting the day like that. Like it's a relaxing thing to do. It's not, Hey, let's go jump into college algebra or whatever it is. You know, it's like, this is a nice way to kind of ease into the homeschool day. Um, I totally think too, if maybe, um, morning time is not your time, uh, with a teen, you know, snacks, you could always make your read aloud time involve some kind of snacks, like a little spread there on the table, coffee table, whatever. Um, or, uh, I know my, my 16 year old loves like iced coffee and stuff. So that could be like, you know, a little treat, but, um, I think audiobooks honestly are a great way to introduce that whole, um, read aloud feel, you know, and, and just, you could, you could do it in a way that fits into a very busy lifestyle because teens will keep you busy. True that. My 15-year-old twins have me so scheduled and our calendars are color coordinated and every anytime somebody puts something in a calendar it it pops up and alerts everybody <laughs> across the board so it's like my youngest daughter had to take the notifications off of her um smartwatch because it she goes you guys change the calendar too much i can't you're <laughs> distracting me i can't get through my day so uh busy and finding ways to do it i know that the other thing i hear parents say is um Okay. So say that I made a schedule and I'm going to start it in the morning and then life happens, right? So you went for the walk, you fed your kids and then the dog got sick. So now, so now you're not getting in that time or, you know, an important phone call came in or for those who are working at home and, and doing this journey of homeschooling, different meetings get set. So again, I I've confessed to this before. I tend to be all or nothing. Well, I scheduled it in for the morning and it didn't get done. Well, then I tried to do it in the evening and then we were too tired. And I have found that it's okay to read it on Sunday. It's okay if we have to push that schedule back a day or two or a week, like instead of just closing up the book and go, well, I tried and then it didn't work and now I'm done. I mean, to make it a priority to be intentional with it. I have found that I just keep erasing it and moving it over and, and going, okay, it's Saturday afternoon and we're doing nothing. Grab that book. 
Like let's, let's see what happened in the next chapter. Um, so just being super flexible, because I do think that for the, our audience who are coming into this from a public school situation, and we were very diligent to read to our babies in our lap with their picture boards and they smelled so good and they would laugh at the silly things we would say. And now you have a 12 year old who is maybe pointing out that your dialect is not correct for the time period that you were <laughs> attempting to read through. That it is going to take, you're going to make it your own and it is going to take some um, adjustment. And just because it doesn't, you know, I always say this, um, the sun didn't align and the bird didn't come chirp on my finger and we didn't bust out in song. It, it doesn't mean that it's not worth fighting for because it definitely is a treasure. So what are some of the other things that you would say, um, you know, are super important as to why to keep, why we should keep reading even throughout the teen years? Well, I don't know about you, like if your kids just love to read on their own, like mine, if I do not assign it to them, and it doesn't matter how hard I've tried to instill this love of reading in my kids. And, you know, it's the, I model it, you know, my kids know I'm going to read every night before I go to bed. My husband's the same way. Like they come and say goodnight to us and we're both reading. Like they're used to seeing that. My kids don't love reading. They don't read for pleasure. Like it's very rare that my boys will pick up a book and be like, I just really wanted to read this book. Okay. A lot of times if they're reading a book that they've chosen, it's because I say, you're going to read something this summer. I'm going to let you choose it kind of thing. So I think, you know, yes, my boys will read whatever is assigned to them. So to do this read aloud time, and even if they read for pleasure, right? Like there are so many books. And there's so little time. So even if they were readers, right, to just introduce more books, right, uh, books that they wouldn't have chosen for themselves, like there's just so much out there. And I know for us, um, like I mentioned, using Bookshark, um, a lot of what they read was, you know, historical fiction. So it was going, you know, on, you know, going along with like a certain time period. And right now, as I have my youngest son. Uh, using a level that his older brother, you know, used before. And so he's all doing historical fiction. Um, our read-alouds are not, we're not repeating the read-alouds that we did um, before because we're just not going to read through all of those. So yes, he's still getting all of that historical fiction and his independent readers, but then he's getting this other stuff that just has nothing to do with that. Um, and I know my my 16-year-old, my high schooler, you know, he has books that he's reading that he's assigned and he's going to have to answer all the questions and do all the work that's associated with all of that. But this read-aloud thing, it is just for pure enjoyment. And as, you know, a mother who has children that they're not going to read for pleasure just to give them more books, you know, more, and, and they love them. Don't, I mean, not all of them, but you know, the last book that we read multiple days, don't stop, don't stop. Let's keep going. Let's keep going until we finished it earlier than I planned for us to finish it. Um, the last day we read and read and like, I was getting tired of reading just so we could finish it and then watch the movie because they wanted to watch the movie afterwards, you know? Um, but not a book either of them would have picked up on their own to read. So I, I just think more books, why not? You know what I mean? They also see me, you know, some of the books we read um, and, you know, you're talking about your daughter uh, giving you a hard time over your accent you know, you come across a word like you're like, I don't know this word. And it's funny because when you read all by yourself, you might just skim over it. Maybe you pull out your phone and like, what? 
what's this word? You know what I mean? And to do that right in front of my kids where it's not the same as like when I'm checking their work and I have the answer key and I know everything, you know, and I just look like a genius, but like when I'm reading and I, you know, kind of like stumble over a word and then I'm like, no, really, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Like my boys get to see me in real time learning something right in front of them. And like, I'm totally unashamed. I'm like, I do not know this word. And like, I'll even pull it up on the dictionary app and then have it like pronounced because I'm like, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this correctly. You know what I mean? So they see mom learning right in front of them, you know, and it's okay to say, I don't know that word. I'm 41. I learned a new word today. Awesome. Now the question is, do you remember what that word is the next day? (laughs) Because I'm 43 and (laughs) I do the same thing, but I don't know if I picked up the book the next day. And you're right. When you're reading to yourself, your brain is is an amazing organism, right? It can fill in the blanks. It can take context and you don't necessarily have to know a word, but when you're reading out loud, it's like, oh goodness, I, I don't know how to say it. I, I kind of know what it means. And there'll be times when I can pronounce a word and my kids will stop and say, well, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, I know what it means, but yeah, I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to, I'm like, okay, Google, can you define it for us? And it is, it's interesting how many words, you know, mm-hmm. that we can comprehend, but we cannot explain. Um And so it is very important to show our children that just because you are an adult, you're a parent, you reach a certain age, it doesn't mean that you stop learning. It doesn't mean that you no longer have to pick up a book ever again. And that part of your life is over. It's, you know, part of homeschooling is we are instilling lifelong learning. And so like, if we are doing that and we're enjoying it, um, I mean, there are times where I think I am enjoying it more than my child books that I did read when I was their age. And then I'm rereading again for them. Um, I'm like, wow, processing it through now as an adult, it's totally different than how I read it as a child. And so maybe just giving that foundation of if maybe they're not really into it, maybe they're not necessarily paying attention. And it's just, you think they're just, it's just words and they're, you know, playing with the Legos and they're still, they're in the room, but maybe like, how much are they really taking in? I think sometimes we get caught up on quantifying it, but I think you and I can attest to later on, it, it's not about necessarily what it's what it's doing in that moment, but what is the foundation that's being laid uh, for future reference for them? So going back to your question about why it's important or why I think it's important to still keep reading aloud to teens, you know, when they're younger, whether we're talking about little babies and we're just really trying to get them to talk and introduce them to all the new words um, or just trying to entertain our kids, Um, As they get older and we're reading aloud um, material that's just more mature, like it deals with tougher situations, I love listening to their input when I ask like, hey, what do you think about that? I love it when, um, you know, I have two kids that I'm reading aloud to and I love hearing the different perspectives and Mm. they're older and, you know, they're thinking about things much differently than the kid who was just sitting listening to the read aloud to be entertained, you know? And so I think it's so important. We, we have all sorts of conversations about things I don't think we would ever talk about otherwise, simply because of what a character is going through in one of the books and um, conversations about stuff that we're not dealing with in our regular lives, you know? So why would we, I mean, you know, we're not talking about it. We don't even know to talk about it. And then it comes up in a book and we're able to have this rich discussion. And I I think it's so great as kids get older, it just gets better and better. 
I like that you said that the content and maturity, um, age appropriateness of stuff that you start to read that you, you're not going to read to a 10 year old, right? Like you're, you're going to take a book and there's going to be more, um, the heaviness of some of the topics that are brought up. It's a lot easier to talk about that organically when you're reading, as opposed to as a parent, I need to make sure my kid knows this. So how do I bring it up at the dinner table? It, it, it tends to be a little more awkward than it coming out in a story. And then you guys are able to discuss it. And I have found that in my house as well. And I appreciate it. I do wonder why we think that at a certain age, maybe it's when kids learn to read themselves that we do just kind of shelve this idea of reading aloud. Um, you think back to entertainment, even 50, 60, 70 years ago, there wasn't uh, the screens, there wasn't even the television, right? And so you would turn on the radio and you would listen to a story. And that was so, that's just what we did. And when we got away from that, um, I think we, you know, we said it was the hidden treasure of reading aloud to teens. I, I think it could even include adults. Like adults need to be read aloud to, whether it's listening to an audiobook. There are times where my husband will just be listening to the story if we do in the evening and he he's hearing part of it. And there's just something that is almost magical about that because I'm not a screen telling you how to see it. I am a voice inviting you to imagine it. And there's such a difference um, in those two types of delivery. We're taking a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Bookshark was the best thing I've done for myself and my kids. That's what Dana said. And Tracy says, I definitely regret not starting Bookshark sooner. It has been such a great fit for our family. I couldn't agree more, Jimena. I have loved Bookshark so much. Me too. So friends, if you're wondering how you can jump on this Bookshark bandwagon, well, you can start by heading to bookshark.com. On the Bookshark website, you can request a free print catalog. So fun to browse a real magazine. Yes. Download samples and see scope and sequence charts of what's taught at each level. There's also a blog at bookshark.com slash blog with hundreds of articles written by dozens of authors. The Bookshark site just has so much free information about how to teach your kids at home, whether you use Bookshark or not. Well, here's another example. You can get free unit studies and try out the Bookshark way of literature-based learning at bookshark.com slash freebies. And Dee Dee, you know how much I love unit studies. Me too. The new unit study for 2021 is about volcanoes. Yay! Well, let me share just two more quotes. Jill says, we switched to Bookshark Language Arts this year. This has been the best decision ever. We love how everything ties together. I can't tell you how grateful I am for Bookshark. We are looking forward to adding more subjects next year. And Catherine says, pulling my kids out of public school and getting Bookshark's full program saved our sanity. It was the best parenting decision we have made. We are so much happier now versus the kids staring lifelessly at screens all day. The open and go component and high quality literature for science, history, and language arts is amazing. Yes, and we've seen this ourselves with families that we recommended Bookshark to. Their kids were having such a hard time with distance learning and they made the switch. And they love it. 
So if you want to see if Bookshark is the best fit for your family, like it has been for these moms, then visit Bookshark.com to get that free catalog and then add slash freebies to get free unit studies. This week's reflection comes from author Roger Lewin. Too often, we give children answers to remember rather than problems to solve. I'm just as guilty as the next gal of giving my girls answers instead of the opportunities to solve problems. Now that my twins are 16, I'm trying to let them problem solve rather than give them those answers. It's a weird transition to go from answering all their questions to allowing them to think for themselves. We all know that problem solving is essential to adulthood. The sooner we allow our children to begin this process, the better off they'll be. Candace isn't done sharing her hidden treasures. Here's the rest of the story. So Candace, if you talk to parents and they are really excited, they've listened to you talk about the enjoyment and the positivity of reading aloud to their teens, and they come to you and they say, how do I even implement this into a program or in my household when it isn't something that we've done since they were toddlers? And they know their children, they're anticipating some resistance to this idea of reading aloud. I think one thing to do, uh, which I think Bookshark does a fantastic job of, is see if you can make the book that you've chosen uh, align with something that they're learning about. So, you know, um, taking whatever they're learning about in history and find a book Uh, especially some great historical fiction that's going to make that come alive for them. You could also take something that maybe, let's say um, you're like me and you have a junior in high school, okay, and he's doing British Lit this year and he's not very excited about it. What if you took one of those books off of him? So it's no longer assigned independent reading and you say, I'm about to lighten your load a little bit. I'm going to do the work here. I'm going to do the reading and I'm just going to ask you to show up for it. And we can discuss it as we do it, but it's not you sitting alone having to do all of the reading. Let's experience this together. So kind of like I'm taking something off your plate. Um, Other than that, I would say ask for input from your teen. What is really popular right now? What kind of book series is really popular? But let's say like I said before, because I'm coming from a place, I have kids who aren't really readers. My oldest son read more than the younger two, um, but they're not really readers. So maybe there's like a really, really popular series out. Oh, or it's going to be, you know, turned into a series of movies or whatever. I'm thinking like Harry Potter kind of stuff, you know, and your kid has some interest in maybe seeing the movie, pull the book first, you know, what's popular now. If you know, they're not going to read it on their own. You've already got assigned reading for them. And yes, they're going to check those boxes. Why don't you ask for some input and see what they might be interested in? You know, uh, teens have opinions. (laughs) So definitely, definitely ask them. I know recently when we were just going through, um, I pulled a bunch of books this year. We probably won't get to all of them and I will probably pull different ones throughout the year. Um, And I had to ask my boys, like, where are we even going to start? You know, and then, of course, they didn't agree, but they ended up resolving it. You know, but of course, they couldn't agree on the same book. Um, But, you know, they resolved it. But just asking for their input in that, I think that can really help. If um, anyone out there has teens like I have, then a lot of times the input is, I don't know, and do I really care? And... (laughs) I would say maybe if those are the type of teens that you're working with, um, find a movie that they loved 
And if there is a book or, or you know that there's a book, you know, give, say, give me a list of 10 movies that you absolutely love that you could watch over and over again. Then find, hopefully, some of those would be a, from a book, adapted from a book. And then when they say, oh, I already know that story. Yes, but didn't you love it? And I will bet you your favorite Sunday or, you know, a trip to the coffee shop or whatever, whatever motivates your child that you are going to love the book even more because it's going to give you more than the movie ever could. So even, even reversing that, because a lot of times I'll read the book before I watch the movie and I'm always disappointed. So I really think I personally am going to start reversing that just watch the movie. So I'm not disappointed and then know that when I pick up the book, it's it's like going to be that much more exciting because I you don't have to put it down. It's not done in two hours. You get to actually be submersed in it a little bit longer. And maybe that's the sell. Like, hey, I know that you loved this. So let's read it and then see if you love it even more. Or maybe you thought the movie was better. I mean, there's just so many different series now, like you said. And now with Netflix, with Amazon, I mean, they are picking up so quickly. And a lot of times they are based on a book. So it could be very easy to do if you can get the buy-in. And maybe these are some great tips to help get those teens to buy into this idea and make it a family thing. I mean, I, I was read to as a child, which is probably one of the reasons I love to read. Um, science would back me up on that. But I also, um, my husband was not read to very much as a child. And so I'm always like, Hey, do you want to hear this book? And he's my reluctant teen sometimes where he doesn't, he's like, why? I, I know what the story is about, or I've seen the movie or whatever. Um, but then I, then I'm like, no, just give it a try. Why don't you just listen with us? And I don't care who you are. If it's a good story, you're, you're pulled in. Even, even if you don't want to be, even if you come kicking and screaming, it's like, like you said, don't stop, keep going. What happens next? Because there's just something about words that are just different from a picture. So I'm excited to hear this list of yours that you are really excited to share that you believe has been good in your household for a read aloud to a teen. And that maybe some of our audience members would take your advice and maybe read aloud to theirs. Well, I actually just have a few titles here. Um, and one, I'm going to have to tell you, it's like a brand new favorite. We just finished it a few days ago. And... I, I can't say I love it enough. And that was Life of Pi. I had never read it on my own, never watched the movie, and read it to my boys, read it way more than I thought I was going to read it. But we read it way faster because I spent so much time reading. You know how earlier um, we were talking about, oh, you know, sometimes it can't happen, so you have to push it. Reading aloud with Life of Pi turned into the, this is, if, if nothing else happens today, <laughs> life of pie will happen today. So we absolutely loved it. Watched the movie right after. Didn't love the movie so much, but it's so fun to do, you know, the book together and then immediately do the movie and get to discuss that. Um, I am currently reading The Hobbit to my boys, which mm. I have read and they have never read. And because they're not really readers, they're never going to pick it up. I mean, they might when they're adults, but Anyway, so I'm reading that aloud to the boys right now. Um, and that's something I wanted to say is 
pick something that you love that you want to share with your kids. Uh, if you think they're not going to pick it up on their own, maybe they think it's old and outdated. And I'm not really talking about The Hobbit here. I mean, I know it's older, but you know what I mean? Like something they're like, oh, that's not new and cool and popular um, right now. Pick something that you love so that you can share it with your kids. And so I have picked up The Hobbit and I would not be surprised if they're like, hey, can we just do the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy this year? Which is not even a part of what I've selected for read-alouds this year, but I'm totally down for getting those and plugging those in and doing those if the boys want to do them. Um, I have another book planned, um, which typically I think younger children would read. But again, we only had so much time to read the books that we've read over the years. We can't read every single book. And so one book that I read on my own and it's been sitting on my bookshelf and I'm like, if we have time, if we have time, that I think would be a great read aloud for teens um, is Tuck Everlasting. Have you ever read Tuck Everlasting? I've heard of it, but uh, I've not read so, it. And there is a movie for that one as well. So mm-hmm. Tuck Everlasting. Um, now I know last year we read, um, and I hope I'm saying this right because this is how I said it when I read it to my boys, um, One Day in the Life of Even Denisevich. And it is literally a day in the life of um, this man. He's a prisoner in a uh, Soviet camp in the 1950s. And you go through his whole day. And I will say there's um, a lot of language. And I, um, since I'm reading it aloud, I pretty much edited all that out or, you know, abbreviated or whatever. Um, but that was such an interesting read aloud. Um, and another one that we did was Red Scarf Girl. And that book, just talking about um, Chairman Mao's, uh, you know, the the Cultural Revolution in China in the 1960s, that was another one that we were able to have a lot of um, good discussion with. The boys didn't, um, they weren't as excited about it. They did, they they liked it at first, but they felt like it went on a little bit too long. But I still thought we got to have some really great discussions with that book as well. But I am not opposed to picking books that you wouldn't really consider like, oh, it's a teen reading level. I I will say like one of the books I've selected this year, another book that's absolutely one of my favorites. So you got me going and I'm not going to stop talking. Um, But um, Around the World in 80 Days. I love that. Now here it is an older book. It's like from the 1870s. Um, My boys are not really going to want to pick that up on their own unless it was assigned to them. And sometimes with those older books, you know, the language is a little more sophisticated and like maybe they'll um, struggle with it a little bit. And I am so excited about sharing that. I don't know if you've ever read it, but, you know, there's like a lot of cliffhangers in that one. So I expect that to be like, oh, no, no, no. Are we going to stop there? Um, And so while I'm great with choosing books that maybe have a little bit more sophisticated language, so your kids aren't having to wrestle with that and, you know, you can read it aloud and stop and talk and look up words if you need to. I'm totally fine with like dropping down and reading a book that's well below their reading level, something they could have read when they were younger. We never got to it. And just reading it for, you know, just fun, just reading it because it's a good story. Like it doesn't have to be super challenging. You know, it doesn't even have to be, you know, super heavy content so that you have this rich discussion, but just fun. Just have a fun memory. So if you, you know, never got around, if you've never, ever, 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 ever read Charlotte's Web, for goodness sakes, read Charlotte's Web. Even if you're not reading it until you're a teen and try not to cry, I dare you try not to cry reading Charlotte's Web. You know what I mean? Um, Now, chances are everybody's done Charlotte's Web, but I'm just saying there are so many great books out there, so little time. So even if it's a book that you're like, this is well below my kid's reading level. We, We did the, is it the Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane? 
Is that what it is? The, the, the little rabbit. Anyway, we did that a few years ago. And I think my boys were, were a little older for that book. But you know what? We really, really enjoyed it. And that's not even to, you know, we're not even talking about like any, any picture books that you can pick out that just have amazing artwork in them. And they're not necessarily little baby stories. You know what I mean? But they just have um, amazing stories. Now, some kids, some teens, you pull out a picture book and they're like, and I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we've had some really cool picture books over the years that I don't think were just for little, little kids. You you know? So anyway, I could keep going. What about you? Well, I like to call those picture books. Now I like to call them graphic novels. So this is a nice little spin that (laughs) they're like, no, 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 this is really a graphic novel. Just (laughs) that's what we're, we're doing right now. Um, I definitely agree with around the world in 80 days. I read that to the girls aloud a couple of years ago. It was actually part of the curriculum level that we were doing. Um, and they still talk about it. Because we tried watching the Disney movie after the fact with uh, Jackie Chang, I think was one of the main characters or he was the main character. It was so far from the book that it was like, we were like, this is trash. (laughs) Who who approved this? This has nothing to do. Because we had literally just finished the book. And then that night as a family, we're like, family movie night, we're going to try to watch this. And it was so disappointing that they left out just, you know, which again, I'm not criticizing they do what they can with visual arts, but it was one of those books that was just like, Oh, the book was amazing. And then the movie was so not what the book had been. And I guess that's, that's true of so many. Um, but we actually did the CS Lewis, uh, Lion, the witch in the wardrobe series, not that long ago. Um, and that definitely could be, you know, considered younger, but my girls loved the Walt Disney version of those that they did back in, I don't know, the early two thousands. And so I could capture them with that because they loved it so much that I was like, well, Hey, let's read the books because they're always better. And so we went through and, um, I think I'm the only one that actually finished the whole series because at some point, uh, there's like one book in there that kind of gets you lost because it doesn't really have to do with anybody. So <laughs> that one, um, in that series, but, but to finish the whole series, um, for me as an adult, you know, and I had it on audio, so they would listen to it with me in the car. Um, so that one was always a really fun one. Um, but we don't, I mean, I read aloud with my daughter now for our bookshark curriculum, but my older girls, we don't do read alouds together anymore, but after this session, I'm going to have to start (laughs) reading aloud with them. We do that thing where if they're assigned a book, I'll read it and then we'll talk about it. Um, or, or we're both, all three of us were listened to it and then talk about it, but it's not something that we're all doing together. And so sometimes that's just the, the season that you're in. Um, but other times, you know, what happens is I'll read a book and I'll get really excited about it. And then I will tell them and then they'll read it and then we'll start talking about it. Um, so there's different ways that you can make it work for your family, um, especially because they stay up way late at night and I'm up early in the morning. <laughs> Our schedules are flip-flopping there with teens, but Um, one of the things that I try to implement, especially over the summer was reading aloud in the summer because we didn't have, our schedule was a lot more flexible. And so I took the time in the morning, um, and we did read alouds together. And so that was a fun, I picked one of a very old book, um, called Pilgrim's Progress. And we read through that and I got it in a new English version because the old English was very hard to get through. Um, but it was a classic. And so, I felt like, okay, I did them. I mean, I was super into it and, and I think that they were too, but, um, so yeah, I read aloud with my youngest still, but it is not something that I've carried on with my older two 
Um, so now you have, I've, I've been given the gauntlet, Candace. you've challenged me to, <laughs> to implement this story life time in pie. my household. That's Your right. Life of pie. Yeah. I think that's something my whole family would really enjoy. I'd love yeah. to, you know, especially for, I think sometimes kids see like one parent is super excited about something. And then when they see the other parent maybe isn't as involved in it or, or as passionate about it, then they kind of go, Oh, we'll see mom's crazy. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe that I'm just speaking personally, what happens in my house, right? Like that happens a lot in my house, but if I could get my husband's buy-in to just, Hey, 30 minutes in the evening. And before we, before we all disconnect and start going our own way, you know, let's, let's try to read a chapter. Um, so that is my challenge to myself and hopefully to you, the viewers that if you aren't doing this, that these are ways that you can implement it in your family. And we're excited to hear some feedback from you guys to see how it is going and how it is enriched your lives that you could tell us about the hidden treasure of reading aloud to teens. Candace, I want to thank you so much for being here. It is always a pleasure to have you on with me. Um, you bring such joy and insight into homeschooling with your homeschooling on the Hill. So thank you. Oh, thanks for having me, Jana. I really could talk all day about books with you. This was great. That's all for this episode of Homeschool Your Way. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Homeschool Your Way, a podcast by Bookshark. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening now so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you have questions you'd like the hosts to answer or have any feedback about the podcast, please visit bookshark.com slash podcast to leave your comments. Or you can simply email podcast at bookshark.com.